0: Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's October 23rd, 2019, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And I had the opportunity recently to sit down with some dear friends, but also some uh, folks that I really I just admire and look up to, Cheryl Turner and Allison Sinclair. And both of those have joined us to talk about what it looks like to, to use homeschooling and to homeschool children who have come into our homes, either through foster care or adoption. Uh, Cheryl Turner is a is truly a veteran of homeschooling and has homeschooled successfully, Uh, three children that have come into their home through adoption and so we talked about how to advocate for your children who are going to public school or private school or to a more traditional school setting and today we want to help you look like what does it look like to bring my children home and to homeschool them especially these children who have been brought from uh, hard places who have been brought home from foster care or adoption And so we want you to know at Lifeline, we commit to walk alongside families for the long-term journey of raising children. And so we have seen a great need arise for families who experience challenging in the learning process. And that's why we developed Bridge Educational Services. You see, the goal of Bridge is to equip, strengthen, and shepherd families and children who struggle academically, emotionally, and relationally. Our services assist families with educational support, cognitive developmental screening, skill development, and tutoring. We also help families that navigate the school system or understand an IEP or a 5014 plan. Also as well, we wanna help families that are homeschooling with the same types of resources that they can bring into their homeschool experience to help bridge the gap of education in their children. So for more information, visit lifelinechild.org backslash bridge. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash bridge. I am privileged to be joined by Cheryl Turner and Allison Sinclair, both homeschool moms and moms who are homeschooling their children who were brought into their homes through adoption. And so we, several months ago, did an episode about how to best advocate for your children who've come into your home through adoption or foster care through the public school system. And we heard back from many of you to say, well, what if we're called to homeschool or what if it's best for our child to be in a homeschool environment? How can we best meet their educational needs? And so uh, Cheryl Turner is both a friend as well as a helper with a homeschool of our personal children, and she has brought three children home to adoption, and so she is a veteran at this and at homeschooling and kind of really will give us perspective on helps as we look at our children. And Allison Sinclair is a rookie to homeschooling, but is homeschooling one of her children brought home through adoption because that was one of the best ways to reach him educationally. So ladies, thanks for joining us. I know that everyone will benefit much both from your humor but also through your practical insight on this issue and so Cheryl let's just start from with you what's the most surprising benefit and most unexpected challenge of homeschooling
1: I think the most surprising benefit is just the ability to customize the educational process to each child So we have three that are um, all adopted, one from Guatemala and two from Uganda, and each one of them is very different. And so their educational needs are very different. One is really good at reading. The other one's really good at history. Another one's really good at math. And so we can customize what their day looks like depending on their strengths and weaknesses. And so for us personally, not only is that a great benefit, but it is just greatly beneficial to our children to be able to customize that.
0: Yeah. And Allison, I know you and Jared are new in this, and the Lord brought you to to homeschool one of yours. What has been something that you would say, hey, this has been a surprising benefit that I did not expect? And then what has been just a, a challenge that you've had as well?
2: So we have two biological children, and then our younger two are adopted. Um, And we decided this year to homeschool Jeb, who is our seventh grader. And it's something that homeschooling, I said, I would never do. But I think I've learned that that's God's sense of humor in a lot of ways, that he a lot of times calls you to the things that you say you will never do. And it was just right for Jeb. Um, And so I feel like homeschooling can kind of go either way. For my oldest child, it would probably be a real strain on our relationship but for me and Jeb I am pleasantly surprised that our friendship and just appreciating each other and knowing each other is um, so much deeper and I think I'm really thankful for that that um, it's just a surprising benefit along with just getting a being able to walk with him through some of his harder challenges academically as well. I think for me, the hardest part adjusting, we've only been in this maybe nine weeks now. Um, Our other three kids are in public school. And when they come home, they may have a little bit of homework, but it's kind of everything's left at school. For homeschooling, the hardest part for me has been the mental load of that it's always there. You, you, You live in your school and it's always on the top of your mind what you have to do. And it's been really hard to balance it, um, not putting too much pressure on Jeb to work around the clock and letting myself kind of take a break too. So I think that's been the hardest part.
0: Yeah, and and I don't want to underscore either that Allison is like, not just the president of the PTO, she's like the CEO of the PTO for her system. So, I mean, when she says this is a surprise, like this is a surprise right. that the Lord would lead in that direction. So Cheryl, let's just go back to you for a sec, because what would you say, I mean, first, what were some of the, what are some of the challenges of homeschooling? There are a lot of benefits, but but even as somebody may be thinking through and and, and Allison said some great things, it's always in front of you, right? And that's the difference if you're thinking about taking kids out of a public or private school arena and homeschooling. But as someone who has homeschooled now uh, five kids, what are some of the challenges as well?
1: Well, one thing is when you think about homeschooling, a lot of times people put homeschoolers all in one box. And that's like putting private school students in one box or public school students in one box. Homeschooling, every single family is a different school. And really, every single kid is a different school. So I run five schools all at once. And it's just very different for every child because you're homeschooling them um, very differently. So you have different curriculums, and you have to figure out which curriculums work best for which children. And so you have to be at least one day smarter than they are so that you can help them do what they're doing. And, you know, as we get older, we tend to forget some of those things. And so you now get the challenge to go back and to learn those things from history that maybe you weren't interested in the first time or math concepts or science concepts, relearning all those. And then just like Allison said, you live at your school. And so when you're Other kids come home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Your homeschooler still has work to do because they're at home and that's available to them. So sometimes, um, unless we set really firm boundaries, they can school all day long. Mm
0: -hmm. And then talk about, because you have had the experience of homeschooling two children that came to your home biologically, Mm -hmm. and now these three children that have come into your home through adoption. What are some of the benefits that you have seen specifically that you would say, yeah, it was great homeschooling my biological kids, but man, these are some specific benefits for these kids that have come into my home through adoption.
1: Well, I think specifically for my children that they don't feel compared to anybody else in their class. Now, I have two that we have purposely twinned that are both seventh graders, and but they don't compare themselves to one another. And they don't really compare themselves to other people in their classes at co op or whatever the case may be. So I think initially, especially, they would have been a little more behind because English wasn't their first language. I mean, um, so that took them a while to grasp English and then to learn the concept. So they were just really academically behind until about fifth grade, is when we caught each person up to grade level but it gave them that extra time they needed to get those wins in the area where they were understanding the concept and then to take extra time in the areas where they weren't. It gave us that extra time to be able to spend on those subjects and to be able to incorporate them into the day. If we're doing math facts, then as we're going down the road, we're counting things and adding things together. And I don't know that I would have necessarily known their weak areas if I wasn't with them so much of the day.
0: And I know, we have the opportunity to get to participate with both of your families in a homeschool co-op. And mm-hmm. I can speak that, I mean, your three children that were brought home from adoption, this is a large homeschool network. This mm-hmm. is not a podunk thing, right? Yeah. But they are They are not just excelling, but they are also, it's, it's neat to see leaders in their own right, in each of their own friend circles and each of their own spaces. So I've really seen them blossom in their confidence, too, yeah. That that I'm I'm assured that all three of those Turner children that were brought home through adoption could lead in major ways, and I know that's been a huge benefit. So Allison, talk about for you, like and and not to get specific towards uh, you know a specific child, but just in general, what are some of the benefits that you've already seen that homeschooling brings to these children that have come into your home through adoption?
2: I see. For me, the Jeb is very capable academically. He's a super bright kid. I can say all these things, because genetically it had nothing to do with it. Um, very smart and very creative, but where he lacks is a little bit of social aware- awareness, um, self-esteem, self-control. And what I love about homeschooling is that it gives me the opportunity whether he likes it or not, to kind of coach him through situations that come up. I mean, whether it's we're going to nukes to eat lunch and and how he orders at the counter, which sounds so silly, but just how to interact with adults, how to speak to other people that we may run across in the grocery store, just some of the skills that um, I have the opportunity to coach him through. And it's amazing where conversations will come up kind of some of the deeper conversations when it's just me and him Um, you know I'm assuming you have some time with your kids one-on-one even though you have three of them that you're homeschooling but um, it just allows me to be present with him and available if things do come up because at three o'clock it's like an onslaught and the other three kids come home and that one-on-one time is really hard to find
0: yeah and so Cheryl you've been doing this again like we said and I know a lot of times when families bring home children and both of your all of your children have come home internationally Mm -hmm. you know one of the cognitive thoughts that people think about first and foremost is language I mean that's like Mm -hmm. the obvious one but a lot of times folks don't think about other educational cognitive maybe challenges or academic challenges so for maybe a mom or a dad or a family that's homeschooling their kids have come come home through adoption. What are some of the ways that you have found helpful in assessing some of the academic challenges for your children?
1: Yes, well first was language, obviously. I remember that when we brought home our um, oldest son, he was home for about four months and he said, Mama, you speak no more Spanish to me. You speak regular now. And I thought, okay. I mean, in four months to acquire a language, that's pretty powerful. Uh, So, obviously he was capable of coming into a home and learning a, a total language, at which I couldn't do in four months. So I knew right away he was bright. But as far as assessing, you know, early on when you're doing alphabet or numbers or, you know, simple phonics, I think you can pretty easily see on your own that okay, yes, they're getting it, or no, they're not. It's taking a lot of repetition. With one of ours, it took a lot of repetition for colors, just specifically one, Could and we thought, is he colorblind, what is, what's going on? And it just took a little longer for him to understand the difference between those. But at the same time, as we began to get into school, um, there's some free online assessments, which you can, you know, Google online, obviously, but we discovered that one of ours was really struggling. And so we went to a place where um, they do learning therapy and had, you know, some testing done and some assessment, which he didn't even realize it was testing. They were just asking him questions and he thought it was, he thought it was easy and it was great. And he could tell them everything, you know, he wanted to say. And, and they were able to come back and say, here's are some areas where we're seeing some deficits. And this is, you know, where he needs some work. And we were able to get on with a great learning therapist who um, spends time with him every week and um, is a believer. She prays over him every week. She sings over him every week. And I think we will probably have her until he goes to college because he just loves her so much. And he doesn't consider it to be educational. He has no clue. It is actually, we call it learning therapy, but he does not know. He thinks it's just fun that he gets to play games with her. And he has, he has grown leaps and bounds in the past three years by being with her every week and so you know if you feel like your children are having some kind of deficit you get them tested because you want to do everything in your power to help them you know just like you would do if you were your kid has a sickness you would go to every doctor until you had some answers and somebody could help you in the same way that's what we've done with with our children
0: and I know one of the things too that's just the benefit from homeschooling because we have one of our children that that actually goes to the same learning therapist and you know the nice thing too is we've been able to develop that into the curriculum mm-hmm. and some of those activities, where instead of it being an extra thing to tack on to school at the end of the day, it's just right there in the midst of everything that she's doing each and every day. And so when we're doing phonics, we do a little rhythmic writing. When we're doing, you know, uh, math or science, we're making sure she's doing her brain jogging. There's just things that are steps along the way that have have helped her at least be able to grasp concepts. I mean, we, we had a child that wasn't reading that's reading now at grade level. And again, it's just integrating that in. Mm-hmm. And, and those are things that not saying you can't do it and it's not appropriate to do it in a public school setting, right. but things that for certain children, it does give us the flexibility to be able to just to integrate that in there. Well, for both of you, talk about curriculum. So especially when you're thinking about you know, learning challenges, maybe language delays and other things, Cheryl, especially when your kiddos first came home, like what were some thoughts? And again, here you are, you've had two daughters that you've taken through. You know, did you have different curriculum that you brought in? What were those considerations and how did you think through that?
1: Well, with our oldest two daughters, we picked a box curriculum thinking, okay, this is going to work, it's going to be great, it's a check-the-box kind of thing. I'm not going to forget something or leave some gaps in the education because it's not on me. They've laid it out, and it worked perfectly for two girls who could sit in their desk with their little bows in their hair and do all their work and check the boxes. When um our jet came home, it was a different world. First of all, he was a boy mm-hmm. and you don't just sit in the desk um all day long. Uh nor do you check the boxes. You cut the boxes out and you throw them on the floor and then you count them and then you throw them out the window. And so that box curriculum no longer worked for us. And so I found myself just asking other parents of boys, first of all, and then other adoptive parents, my friends who are teachers, here's the way he learns what's going to work best for him and finding people who were similar to him that had deficits in the same area or had um, strengths in certain areas, what's going to work best for them. And when I found those people and found what curriculum they used in various subjects, we started implementing that. And then we saw growth in those areas, but we really had to customize it for the things that he needed. And the benefit of curriculum, this is one of the benefits of homeschooling is If my child is in seventh grade now, maybe they're on a ninth grade reading level and you're doing ninth grade reading and ninth grade history and literature, but you're doing sixth grade math. That's okay. You can cross all of the grade levels. And so we never really talked about whether you're in fourth grade math or you're in eighth grade math or whatever the case may be. They're all grade level now, but there was times we had to go back and fill in some of those gaps because it was a little more challenging in in an area. Or whatever and for one of our children um, he did not want to hear math problems that had anything to do with the garden or flowers or grandmothers or buses or whatever he everything had to be a football question and so I just changed everything to football and all of a sudden he got math when everything became football related but if it was the same numbers and a you know mom is planting flowers in the garden he could care less and so we were able to integrate, you know, his love of football into our curriculum and just change every word problem to that. So it's a little more ability to customize that curriculum.
0: Yeah, and I know that's been a huge thing for our family as well, is you start to see that different ones of your children thrive in different things. Mm-hmm. You know, now we do sometimes have the comparison in our own home. And, you know, because we are in a co-op with Cheryl, she sees that where our oldest is a math whiz. Uh, does math in his sleep, and just it just clicks. Uh, his younger sister, who wants to be just like him, struggles a lot more with the math and with the concepts, and so she wants to be on in his footsteps. But, you know, she's not, but language, mm-hmm. arts, reading, reading comprehension, writing, whew, she's off the charts. So, Allison, talk through kind of because you've got a different perspective of coming out of a public school setting where curriculum is set, you know what's going to happen, and now you've got Jeb in your home and you've had to start bring curriculum in. Talk about that curriculum selection and really how you even found out those resources and where did you go?
2: Well, I'll admit that I probably, hindsight, didn't do as much research as I should have. Um we have a great homeschool co-op here and it seemed to be where you know you start asking a friend who knows a friend who has a friend that goes to homeschool and or a co-op and you're like okay sounds good you know you trust the people and you trust where they are so um we just kind of made a decision based on reputation Uh, looking back I'm now learning as opposed to maybe the thought that what most people thought or think homeschool looked like maybe 15, 20 years ago, It's changed so much, and there's so many different um, avenues to take. The co-op for JEB was perfect because, um, to me, it's a little bit more of a um, deeper thinking curriculum that incorporates a lot of um, just the... Biblical perspective. Um, Jeb, when he was three, he asked me one day why bubbles were round. And I thought I had the answer and I did, but I had to Google it. I'm like, oh my goodness, what child is wondering why bubbles don't come out in a square? And I, he's always been that deep thinker. It is great for him and he's really thriving because a lot of the classes that he's in now take it to that next level. However if I think about possibly homeschooling our youngest daughter, she is the total opposite. She is very math science concrete by the books. um, A plus B equals C every time. And that's what she needs. I probably would put her in a different setting. Um, She's more like your girls that could check the boxes. She probably wouldn't have the bow, but she would check the boxes and she would really enjoy that to-do list. Um, But it's, There's a lot of information online, and then I would say just start talking to people. It's really, I think, homeschooling, the perception and um, the people that are now involved in homeschools has grown so much. So there's really people out there, but you do have to kind of ask around. And look for kids that kind of maybe look like your child. I, I know no two children are the same, but maybe have some of the same interests or learning ability or disabilities. Um, so it, yeah, like I said, hindsight, I probably should have done some more research, but the information is out there. You just have to dig a little bit to find it.
0: Yeah, let's, let's jump to that because I think, I think that's just a great opportunity to say there is a, a deep-seated support in community mm-hmm. really across the nation right now with homeschooling. Um, how has that support in that community helped undergird you when you're just jumping in for the first time? I mean, how has that, that support of a co-op and of a cover school and of all of that been really even a lifesaver in what the Lord has called you?
2: To right. Well, I'm still searching for that. I do think it, as, as far as it's come, there's still a lack of— um, there's a gap there. There really is between you have these people that have been doing this and doing it really well— Um, and to the new people coming in. And like I said, you do have to dig. It's there. I wish it was a little bit more out there. Um, For me, it's been great to have friends. I have a friend. She actually was my PTO vice president, and um, she's at the same co-op now. And so we have each other as newbies to kind of say, okay, I mean, because it's a whole big paradigm shift coming from public school. And it's kind of done a doozy um, on each of us. But it's great. And we have each other. And then I have a friend who's been going to our co-op for two years. So she can offer a little bit more insight of, okay, you're going to make it. I promise. Um, Just keep going. But I think the perception um, of what homeschooling is is changing. I think the different subsets of people that are now homeschooling. I mean, I'll be honest, for the longest time, I thought it was like only the people that made their own bread and wore skirts every day, which there's nothing wrong with making your own bread and wearing skirts, but like, I can't, I, I can't bake anything, you know, so I didn't need that pressure of having to be a baker too, but um, it's just not. You can find your people, and I was shocked at our um, August meeting when you come in and they get all the families together. You look around the room and you're like, oh, my goodness, I know you. I know you. I, I'm really not alone. It may seem like you're the oddball, but you're really not. So find your people. They are there.
0: And Cheryl, I I know, again, because you have experienced homeschooling for so many years, talk about that support and what that means. And, and I think, you know, even for my own wife, sometimes when you start, it is hard to break in. Okay. Um, that beginning is hard to break in. But how would you... How would you advise someone who's trying to break in to this homeschooling support network to learn and to grow and to get there? And then what has that support meant for you?
1: Well, for us, when we first started homeschooling, first of all, when the Lord called us to homeschool, I thought it was a joke and laughed. And I thought, you are certainly not calling us to this. I, can, I cannot do this. And then uh, I worked in a public school at the time. I was their uh, school counselor. And I went to my vice principal who said, uh, you know we homeschool and I was completely shocked. He worked in the public school system. I couldn't believe he did that, and I never knew, and um, so we began to just go around to people at our church who we knew homeschooled, and I went to their house and observed them homeschooling, asked them tons of questions, and they introduced us to a co-op, and so we began to go to this co-op, and Um, met friends, and our kids have basically, especially our younger kids, have grown up with these kids. Um, What's funny is these are the same kids who prayed for them as we were adopting for them to come home, and so um, it's just an interesting concept to find these people. I remember the first time that we had brought our children home from Uganda. You know, we stayed away from church for about a month, and then we came, and and, uh, one of my fellow friends and leaders of our co-op. Amy has a son named Levi, and he was young at the time, probably first grade or something, and he saw my kids coming up the sidewalk, and he said, oh, we've been waiting for you to get here, and it just, it changed my kids' perspective on friendship, and all of a sudden, they had a friend that they didn't even know before, and so we found friends at co-op. We found friends in the church. Um, You know, at our particular church, we have a large population of homeschoolers, and the funny thing is a lot of them don't even know each other because they go to different cover schools. But we found community in our cover school uh, with kids who are in my you know, kids' grades and at co-op especially because they've been going for – you know, multiple years now, and they are growing up with these kids who've become their community. They do things as classes, and Allison can tell you she has a very uh, social kid at co-op who likes to organize socials, and um, I have one like that too. Um, but even my other two who are not as social, um, you know, they have other kids in their co-op, you know, other kids in their classes who organize things, and they go to those things and hang out with them. And, but we also have a support group at our church, Uh, it's not affiliated with a cover school or a co-op but it's a lot of us as veteran homeschoolers and the younger homeschoolers learning from one another because we need that fresh perspective you know that Allison brings she brings a fresh perspective and fresh ideas and you know new questions that we all need to be learning and growing from and so we we just do that together
0: and then talk a little bit about seeking outside help so uh You've got this community, and the community, I can repeat, is vital. Uh, I know that for my own wife, very similar, I was actually the one, because of how much I traveled, that asked her to pray through homeschooling. And, you know, she says this publicly now, so I don't mind saying it. She said, no, I'm not going to pray about that. And if you know my wife, like, that's just not her personality. She is... uh, You know, especially if you ask her to pray something, she'll pray about anything. She might not agree to anything, but she'll pray about anything. And she told me she wasn't going to pray about it. So uh, for her, she wouldn't be able to make it if it weren't for the community. And well, just just as well, other folks sharing the stresses of of what's going on. So you know you're not alone. Um, You know, there's so many days I walk in and she goes, I'm just a bad mom and a bad teacher. But realizing that those stresses and those uh, those challenges are, are multiplied across the spectrum. But that is a nice thing about homeschooling is finding that support um, and finding that outside help. So talk about just how to go find that outside help that you need to help your children with the challenges that they're dealing with.
2: I think I'm still learning that. Um, I will say kind of to finish a thought from the previous question, I have been pleasantly surprised at how quickly Jeb has made friends and it is one of the benefits of having a co-op, even though they only go to class one or two days a week, he has really formed some strong friendships and Ms. Turner, his math teacher can attest that he loves to talk to his new friends. Um, And, and even for him, he's found his support. He'll, you know, text one of his friends and say, I need help with this. Or, Hey, do you want to go to the jumpy place? And, Somebody will bring him Starbucks. And and they're just, they've really bonded and have a close friendship already. So I'm happy that he's found his people as well as myself trying to find mine. There is a great um, Facebook group that, hey, I've got a question. You throw it out there. And there are some moms that have been doing this for a lot longer than nine weeks that are very helpful and very quick to chime in with just email the teacher or no, that's normal. Or, hey, here's this resource for this um, speech therapist or whatever you're looking for. Um, But right now, I feel like the teachers have been amazing. I will say that's one of the benefits of not doing just an online kind of, but where you have contact and a person to talk to. The teachers have been a great help. And we've just all around been really thankful. It's been a nice surprise. Um, to be honest, I wasn't quite sure how this was all going to work out. Um, my husband, Jared, he gave me to October. He was like, after that, they're back at Oak Mount. And I thought I will for sure make it to November just to prove him wrong. But um, last week, Jeb said he was really happy and he likes where he's at. So we'll see. I think the community and the help is there and you just have to be willing to ask for it and not feel like just because you're the newbie you can't ask questions or you know, you're going to be judged if you don't know this or that.
0: And Cheryl, talk specifically because I know you, you mentioned one of your children and my daughter is in learning therapy. How would someone who goes, okay, I know I need help, I know I know that the curriculum I have is not going to get us through this you know I know not just being at home is going to get us through this How? you know you said Google search what are some, what are some active ways that a mom and a dad could find that outside help for their child
1: well one thing that we did was we just began to ask their teachers their Sunday school teachers and um, their teachers on Wednesday night um, other parents that they were around like they would go to their house or whatever Um, their co-op teachers, hey, what are you seeing? What are you seeing are the strengths, and what are you seeing are the weaknesses? And then when you began to compile it, I might see some strengths that I hadn't seen before and weaknesses that I had not seen. So when things were getting repeated to us, we realized, okay, this is clearly an area where we need help. We had uh, friends of ours who actually run our co-op as well. They had both had um, children who have some kind of learning challenge. And so I said, what did, what did you do? And they're actually the ones who referred us to learning therapists. Um, but we did, we weren't sure how many, you know, clients they might have. So we went on to Google Learning Therapy and in our particular city and we found a host of them but then we actually knew one and we didn't know before then that that's what she did for a living. And we knew that it would be good rapport with our particular child. But we did ask a lot of people, and we found other things that might be helpful. Art therapy, which would be really good for one of our children. Um, both of our children, Allison and I, both have a child adopted from Guatemala, and both of them are very artistic, very similar in their strengths and weaknesses, and art therapy is really good. Um, play therapy for children who who need that, and we have lots of resources in our particular town. Um, even doing music therapy for your kids who are musical Um, you know, horseback riding, there's a lot of that, you know, kind of equestrian therapy and, and even having dogs or, you know, whatever the case may be, but just, you know, asking other people, what have you used? And there are social media groups now, especially, you know, homeschool and you can ask questions and you can get 50 answers. And maybe they're not all necessarily something you would implement, but it gives you so many ideas of things that you could do. It's so helpful now to read what other people are doing, and you might find one little gem in there of something that would benefit your child.
0: And I know even as we talk about that, I do want to reiterate that Lifeline has resources that we're willing to give to every family. And actually, while we were talking about those for helping your child in public school, most of those resources were initially created for homeschool kids. So if you'll go to lifelinechild.org backslash bridge, a lot of those resources that you will find are great resources to bring into your homeschooling environment, as well as if you'd like a consultation with one of uh, our bridge uh, associates, they will gladly help you do the research for the type of therapy you're looking for in your city, in your town, and while we are in a metro area, even smaller towns have these resources. And you would be surprised. And the other thing is we can help you, even as a homeschool parent, be able to get some of those resources from your local school. And that's one of the things we haven't talked about is you still have those resources at your local public school that you can more easily take your child up for to get those resources if that's what you need to do. So let's, let's just close it out because I, I know as we think about homeschooling, especially our kids have come home for adoption, You know, and Allison, you even touched about this being one of the driving factors. Talk about just how to use that extra time in bonding and discipleship with your children.
2: Some days the extra time is more of a burden, but most days it is really, really special and something that even on my worst day, as a homeschooling mom I wouldn't trade it for anything and I think especially for adopted children that individual focused attention is so so important and having two older children when we brought home our two adopted kids you know your time your mind your emotional capacity everything's split and to be honest, since they were our younger two, it was hard for me um, to really give them probably what I feel like I should have. I I don't know. Probably all moms feel that way. But it has just been so good for our relationship to get to know him, for him to get to know my heart, to have really deep, good conversations, um, and also to do some really fun things like we were trying to think about okay what's PE look like oh gosh I don't know what PE like looks like but we decided the first nine weeks we were just going to walk the dog because this whole thing was new and then he wants um us to take tennis lessons so that's our next nine weeks in the fall and winter when it's a little cooler so we don't sweat um And then he wants to do a yoga unit, you know, and so it's actually kind of fun. It's just, it gives you a chance to do some things that you would never, ever get to do with your child. And I will say that um, Jeb has told me several times that he is happier and healthier, and he'll actually use those words, than he has been in a long time, and that he seems lighter and more himself than he has been in the years past. And so, like I said, any bad day where you're just overwhelmed, I wouldn't trade it for anything because it has just been such a great time for us. And that's coming from someone who said, I will never, like I am not responsible enough to homeschool. I just am not, but I am. And it's great.
0: So Cheryl, just talk about How how to use that extra time to both disciple and bond with your children?
1: Well, one thing in our household is just memorizing Scripture. And sometimes I will not say that um, my kids are overly thrilled, you know, at 8 o'clock in the morning or 7.30, whenever it may be, to learn Scripture. But knowing that it will reap a harvest and just pouring that truth into them. Uh, They memorize Scripture for part of their co-op, but we memorize it at home just so that in those moments when, you know, you don't know what else to do, that scripture comes back to your memory and your focus goes back to the Lord and you get that fresh perspective. And so having them memorize scripture, and we do that in the car when we're on our way to places, and, um, you know, it just gives us that extra time for family worship. You know, we do ours in the morning because it's just, it fits our schedule better, but it also gives us extra time for them to have downtime. They need downtime. Our brains don't need to run 24 hours a day. We know that as adults that we just need to sometimes be done for the day and and not to have to think anymore, and they need that, especially as kids. If we'll remember back to when we were all kids and you just went outside and you played and you made mud pies and you ran around, our kids don't have that as much now. There's not that much freedom. and um, So I think they just need that downtime to be able to relax and to go outside and to play. And to and to learn that way, because we have to remember a lot of times they may not have gotten that early on. And so it's really important. I mean, when my younger kids came home, they didn't know how to play. They did not know how to play. And so it was important for them to learn that. And um, I think they learned it pretty well because now they want (laughs) to do it more often than school. But um, it does give us that extra time and margin to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, well, I thank both of you ladies for joining us and for just all the things you had to say, and and certainly we would want you to know that the Lord is calling you to homeschool your child, especially your child that's coming from a hard place, and, and you know that the public school or private school is not the best option for you. Just know you can always reach out. Again, it's lifelinechild.org backslash bridge, or email us at info@LifelineChild.org, at lifelinechild.org, or give us a call at 205-967-0811, and we would be glad to connect you with those resources to help help you on this journey of bringing the gospel to bear with your child that has come home home through adoption or foster care. Well, thanks for listening to The Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review The Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information, how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info@lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.